0: advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Our guest today is Joanne Loy. Joanne is an architect who grew up in Hong Kong and came to the U.S. at the age of 16 to attend college. She went to architecture school at NJIT in New Jersey and is currently working at Gensler, a large international architecture firm, and she's based in New York. She's been working as an architect for eight years now, and of course, Joanne is a member of the Hazard Girls community, which is why she's here, but she also has her own Facebook community, which she started, called Women Architects Collective, and she has her own blog, where she talks about growing a career and making your voices heard in architecture. Joanne, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Well, I wanted to first start out by hearing just a little bit about what your job is right now, what type of firm it is, you know, what you're working on there.
1: Sure. I'm an architect working at Gensler in New York City. It's a really large firm, so we do all types of projects, from as small as branding to, like, huge buildings in the city. So right now I'm working on an office repositioning building where we take an older office building and give it a whole new look. Mm. We do a lot of that in New York City because, you know, the trends go by so quickly and the market is so competitive. A lot of buildings, they need a facelift to compete yeah. and attract new tenants. So that's so what did I your did.
0: firm t- Focuses on the exterior only, um, or does it also do interior decorating?
1: It does both. We have interior studios, we have architecture studios, and sometimes we collaborate to do both together. So we pretty much do everything.
0: <laughs> oh, interesting! So when you work on old buildings, because you know I'm based here in Philadelphia, and mm-hmm. we have a lot of old buildings here as well, and I live in one and work out of one. When you have an old building, even with some historical reference, how do you go about modernizing it while being faithful to its age and history? We try
1: to stay authentic to the architecture itself and Mm -hmm. just kind of changing it to be more, I guess, to today's standard. Yeah. So a lot of the older, especially in office building, there are different standards that the tenant wants. So a lot of time we'll upgrade it so that, you know, the tenant can get what they want so the building can get leased out easier. Yeah. Um, A lot of time the older buildings have, for example, less efficient windows or glass like curtain walls so we have to upgrade that to meet current energy code so there's a lot of that going on both exterior and interior we have to upgrade the interiors to meet like the latest code sometimes so
0: yeah yeah
1: so interesting well so
0: i want to talk a little bit about you did you always know you wanted to be an architect
1: No, actually.
0: (laughs) (laughs) how did that happen?
1: Well, growing up, I wanted to be an artist because my parents always sent my sister and me to art classes. We did a lot of painting and drawings and sketching. And I really, really loved it. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to do this for the rest of my life. Probably isn't really realistic. But (laughs) I didn't know what architecture was. When I was a kid, I just know that I was... Because I lived in Hong Kong, so I was always fascinated by the city and the urban life and all the small spaces. So when I was in high school, in Hong Kong, you have to choose between science and liberal arts major in high school. So I was studying science because I was Mm. good at it. And I had an art minor because I loved art. And then after I graduated high school... I decided to come to America for college. When I was 16, I went to a community college first for a year. And then when it comes time to take a decision to go to a university, I didn't know what to choose. Like I was going to do something like illustration, graphic design, like going to an art school. But then my dad came along and he was like, why don't you look into architecture? Because you're good at math and science and you also really like art. So I had absolutely no idea what architecture was, but I applied to a few schools and then I got into NJIT. So that's just how I fell into architecture. And then after a few years of school, I really kind of just, fell in love with it and just went along with it.
0: I love that you had the support of your parents or your dad, you said.
1: Um, Yeah, my parents are very supportive. They also, like my dad wanted to be an artist and my mom wanted to be a fashion designer, but they mm -hmm. didn't have the money or the time to do that back in the day. So they really supported my sister and I to do whatever we wanted to do.
0: I love that. That's so important to have that support from either a parent or, you know, someone older than you who's been there and been through it. I think Uh that helps a lot. That's great to hear. Um, Well, I heard you say in an interview that most women who are architects don't want to be called women architects. They just want to be called architects. And I think, you know, that resonates with a lot of women in male-dominated fields. I've heard that sentiment a lot in the Hazard Girls group. Mm But when I heard you say it, I thought of the famous quote by Zaha Hadid, the architect. And the quote she said was, I used to not like being called a woman architect. I'm an architect, not just a woman architect. But I see an incredible amount of need from other women for reassurance that it can be done. So I don't mind anymore. And I was just wondering, what do you think she meant by that? Do you uh, agree with that or
1: how do you feel? I do when I first started the Women Architects Collective, I was hesitant to call the group Women Architects because I mm-hmm. thought is that just like becoming more isolating? Do women really want to become a women architect right. you know, but I think after I started the group, I see what Sahati means in her call is younger women coming into the field in architecture or any other male-dominated field, I think they want to see other women in the community. They want to have someone that they can look up to. Like it's all about the representation. So like Sahihati was basically the only star architect that were women and she was kind of the representation of us all. And being able to have a space for multiple I think we have above 2000 members now so having thousands of awesome. women architects together I think it gives the younger women coming to feel like an inspiration that they can also do this
0: absolutely and that's why we want to interview women you know that have set out to do these things and whether you're you know just starting your career like we interviewed Taylor Luckett who's 2 years out of school and just got thrown into the construction management field and is doing great. To women who, you know, have been doing it for 20 years and you've been doing it for eight years. I think it's really important for younger women to listen to the stories of and you know, women who are out working in these fields, you know, at, at various stages and see how their journey is going, not just where it's gone, but how it's going now. And, you know, they can see different parts of the path. So you mentioned the Women Architects Collective. And I want you to tell us a little bit more about what that is. I know you mentioned it's a group. And did you say it's got about 2,000 members now? Yeah. Okay. Well, I know that you mentioned a little bit about it. If you could explain a little bit more. And one thing I noticed I love the group is that you like to survey them about issues that are important to them and things they face. You know, I would love to know what are some of the things that you've seen as recurring themes that women feel you know that they're dealing with what are some of the things that people are talking about
1: yeah well first i you know heather there is this i don't know if you remember this i think it was last year that there was this huge article it was called were all the women architects mm-hmm. i remember that um and i wanted to answer like we're all here <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah. we have two, we have 2000 members now in the group and and i'm always so amazed by the support and advice that everyone gives inside the group, I mean, I started it because of exactly what we were just talking about. Like, I see a lack of community, especially in architecture for women, and it's also known like architecture was traditionally known as the industry that has a lot of egos and competition. Mm-hmm. But I think the new generation of architects wants less of that and they want more community and support. So I think that do you you see that across genders? I think so, yeah. So other than you know, the women architects collective, there's also many other architectural groups online that everyone is becoming more and more supportive. I think the younger generation really wants to build a community Mm -hmm. instead of you know, being competitive in a workplace. So that's a trend we're seeing some of the recurring things that people talk about are their struggles. Like they want to be taken seriously at work mm-hmm. or when they go on job sites, they think that no one listens to them. That's a huge part of it. No one thinks that they're the architect when they go on job site or You know, in the workplace, they don't know how to negotiate for a race or they don't know how to brag about themselves. I think a lot of women have a hard time, you know, bragging about themselves. In general, I have a hard time doing it too. They also, you know, in a group, they also talk about many things like work life balance, finding a job, just growing their career in general as a women architect. And I think in general, they just want to be heard. They just want to be seen and they want to be taken seriously.
0: Yeah. I think the idea of, you know, showing up at your job or on site and being assumed not to be the architect, you know, of course I'm not an architect. That's my field is transportation. And then in the hazard girls group, there's women in all different fields. And I think it's something that resonates across the board in these male-dominated fields is that you show up and everyone assumes you're the assistant. Right. Or, you know, or something along those lines. What are people saying is the best way to deal with that? Wear a t-shirt that says, I'm not the assistant. (laughs) What do people do?
1: (laughs) No, I think a lot of people would just say, be really assertive and tell them what you mean. Like, don't I think don't, like, you know how that quote people say, don't say maybe if you mean no. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's especially true when it comes to going to construction site. Like, don't just say, oh, maybe you can do this or that, but like really tell them this is what you mean. This is what you need to do because you're the architect or whatever industry you're in. I have heard stories in the group where a woman architect goes to job site and she brought her intern with her and everyone thought he was the architect, but she wasn't. Mm. And, and, you know, that, that yeah. kind of story sucks. So I think at the same time, I think we need to speak louder and speak up for ourselves a lot of time. Yeah. Like when I was younger, I was so shy and I'm an introvert and I couldn't bring myself to speak up in any meeting, either for myself or just for my project in general. So it takes a lot of time and experience to have that confidence to speak up against contractors or your client. It takes a lot of confidence and the confidence only really comes from practice and experience dealing with these situations and asking Mm -hmm. questions. And having a mentor is also really important. Like I was pretty lucky my whole career, I have different mentors along the way that show me what to do in different situations. So that really helps also. And that's also one of the reasons why I think Having a community is so important because a lot of women, especially in architecture, they don't have a leader in the firm as a mentor. There are not that many women leadership. Mm -hmm. So they need guidance. They need mentors. So having the group to ask questions or having, they can also connect with people in a group to Become a mentor and mentee together. Yeah, that really, I think, helps them grow their career along the way.
0: Now, when you say mentor, does it have to be a woman, or does it not matter?
1: It doesn't matter. I mean, I have men and women mentors throughout my whole career. But inside the group right now, most of the people are women. I don't even. I don't think there are that many men in the group. But you can sign up to be a mentor a mentee, and then you can ask people to join your mentorship, basically.
0: So that's in the Women Architect Collective? Yes. Oh, okay. Cool. Have you had a lot of people participate yet?
1: We have some people. I have also gone through, I have signed up to be a mentor myself. So I have helped a few people along the way. I know there are some people, they kind of talk behind the scene and I try to let them just like keep it personal because I feel like, it's more of like a personal relationship. So I don't usually ask them anything. Right. Yeah. I just let them have their private space. And I've seen a few people that paired up and, and it's really exciting to see them doing that. Yeah,
0: that's great. Now, when you're working, you know, in a job like as an architect and you're mm-hmm. dealing with um, an environment with a lot of men, do you ever feel pressured to conform to sort of, I guess male personality styles or do you feel comfortable within yourself and your own leadership styles or is that sort of a balance how does that work
1: I feel pretty confident in my own style I think it's a balance you have to be assertive and speak of but at the same time just be yourself because if you just pretend to be someone else it doesn't last long <laughs> you can only pretend to be different for like probably an hour, and, and you'll get you'll be like <laughs> an hour's time. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I mean, like I said in my intro for like, I don't like to talk like this. Doing this podcast is a huge deal for me. Like, out of your comfort zone, right? Out, it's definitely out of my comfort zone. Working at her is a giant step out of my comfort zone because they're like so many people in the office and it doesn't feel natural to me to Mm -hmm. be in an environment like this, but at the same time, that's what pushed you to grow. You know, you have to be out of your comfort zone to grow, but by growing, I don't encourage people to try to become someone else or become more masculine. You can still be yourself and If you're an introvert, like me, you can still be an introvert and shy, but you don't have to all of a sudden become someone else, but you can practice and become more assertive by, I always tell people, you know, always prepare before a meeting, you always know what you're talking about, then you have the confidence to speak up because then you know what you're talking about. Right. So you don't have to become a different person. I just think you have to work inside your mindset to Mm -hmm. just become more assertive and speak up for yourself and for what's good for your project.
0: Okay, and I'm going to ask you this and if you don't want to answer, that's fine. But I just I'm interested because. Getting out of your comfort zone, I think it's hard for a lot of people. It's probably hard for most people. That's why it's called a comfort zone right. and getting out of it. So, you mentioned that you're an introvert, you know, you're shy. You said that those were, that's your description of yourself. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just curious, how does that affect your career? And do you feel like you have had to take a conscious step out of that? Or are you able to kind of like roll with it and just find ways to work within
1: those personality traits? I think I find ways to work within it. So, for example, like inside my firm, there are a lot of extracurricular that you could do and they encourage people to do it. But based on my personality, I don't really like going to events or party or doing anything like that. (laughs) Um, So I haven't done much of it, except I would only choose things that I really enjoy and I'm passionate about to yeah. do, then I will feel more comfortable and I would feel more in tune with what I believe in, then I would be okay to do it, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, I don't think you, I mean, you have to step out of your comfort zone and becoming more, like for me, it was speaking up for myself as an introvert, but I think you can still choose between different things to find what works with your personality.
0: I heard you say in another interview also that when you started architecture school, you really wanted to quit because it was so hard. And then at another point, I think you had a hard time with the architecture licensing exam in part because you were working in English, which is not your first language. And it was still early on in your arrival to the US. Can you talk a little bit about how to prevail when you want to give up and you know what keeps you going? What's your advice to others? Well,
1: architecture school is just known as being a torture to, to anyone. You really just don't sleep for five years straight in school and you work yeah. day and night. It's just really hard, but I think... I myself is a really stubborn person. I always want to finish what I started. So that's really just how I push myself through. I am also kind of a professional, so I always want things to do right. But I guess how not to give up is really just depending on what you're doing. If you're doing something that you don't love, you never want to push through the mindset of giving up, that like you are just gonna probably give up and quit. But if you're doing something that you really love, that you believe in it, then, you know, all the imposter syndrome, all the self-doubts, all that, you can work through it internally. And it might take days, it might take weeks, but you can work through it. I mean, there's so many advice online already and... You know, you can learn how to do that. But I think the key is that you have to really find that passion and focus and just not give up on that. And even when things are hard, then you will still follow through.
0: I mean, I think everything you've done is amazing. You've, you know, you came from a different country, you know, speaking a different language got into architecture school, worked your way up into a major international architecture firm. You've done all of this despite, as you say, being shy, being an introvert, being, you know, one of the few women in the field. It's very inspiring. And, you know, your group that you have, um, Women Architects Collective, you know, it's a great platform for you because it's a place where you can be a leader and you can inspire so many people. And like just before I spoke to you, I wouldn't have known you were shy, you know, because right. you, you have a dynamic presence in, in mm-hmm. the group, you know, and I think you have a lot to say in person as well, or, you know, on the line as well. So it's great. And I want to thank you for sharing all of this with us. There's something else I wanted to ask you about in your group, Women Architects Collective. You talk a lot recently about personal branding. I'm just curious, you know, what, how did you learn about personal branding? And is there anything that you can share with us about that?
1: Yeah, sure. I learned about branding in general just because I have always loved brand design and graphic design. When I first started working as an architect, I would take graphic design classes after work. It was kind of my creative outlet because being an architect isn't always creative. (laughs) And I'm like a really creative person in my head. So I have to get it out somewhere. And graphic design was something that I would do on the side, after work, on the weekend. Like I would do little mock-ups on my computer pretending I was designing a logo for someone. (laughs) But then a few years ago, I got into this whole blogging world. Like I started my blog and I have been also doing some brand strategy and content marketing for a few online businesses. And that's how I learned everything about you know, marketing yourself and like personal branding in general. So I wanted to use what I've learned to build my own personal brand as a way to grow my career as an architect. So like I started the Women Architects Collective. I have rebranded my whole website to align with that. And I have rebranded my blog together to try to make it a whole cohesive personal brand for myself and I think it's so important and I see how huge of a difference it makes to my career not just online but in person and my real job that I just wanted to teach that to the people in my group that you can do this too and It's just so important nowadays to have an online presence for your career or if you're looking for a job. I was actually just reading about this yesterday. It says that 85% of HR professionals say they, or they said that an employee's online reputation influences their hiring decisions Mm -hmm. to some extent. And almost half of them said to a great extent. So people do Google you. People Yeah. So <laughs> you just I was have reading
0: to... it's funny you mentioned that because I was just reading an article that a lot of upscale hotels Google their clients to see who's oh. coming. <laughs>
1: I think so, that, I mean, yes, it's very yes. important. People just Google anyone now (laughs) like even at work before someone new comes in I google them and see who they are (laughs) because I want to know know who who they are right so it's important like you just have to have an online presence if you don't have one when they search for you they see nothing it's a huge disadvantage they might just not invite you to an interview if you're looking for a job and like I said most women I think in any fields in general, they just wanna be taken seriously and they wanna be heard. And one of the ways you can do that is through personal branding because that allows you to position yourself as an authority in your industry Mm -hmm. and you start to have more confidence yourself and people will have more confidence in you and they'll see you as an expert and they want to hear what you have to say.
0: So true. So So what's one thing that, you know, everyone can do right now to start to help their personal branding? I would say
1: update your LinkedIn profile <laughs> mm-hmm. right now, because that's the main thing people look at in a professional setting and just Google yourself and see what show up. Like if I Google myself right now, the whole first page of Google is my profiles, is things that I've built for myself. So I would say Google yourself and See if there are things that people shouldn't see. (laughs) If there's like a picture of you getting drunk when you were 21 years old, maybe that shouldn't show up under your name professionally. Right. Um, And start to just curate your online presence. It's not really... You know, you don't have to, I mean, there are so many things you can do, but the first thing, the good place to start is just Googling yourself and deleting things that you don't want people to see.
0: Yeah, good advice. Okay, well, where should our listeners go to reach you if they want to get in touch or join the group or um, get your blog?
1: You can find me on my blog, it's com, or just send me a DM on my Instagram at joanneloy. that's the fastest way to connect with me i respond to everyone's dm and if you're looking for career advice if you're a woman architect you're welcome to join the women architects collective we do have people that are not women architects in the group too like emily is in the group (laughs) you invited Um, me (laughs) yeah there are a few other people that are in the group so if I mean if you just want career advice in general as a woman I would encourage you to join the community
0: thank you so much Joanne it's been great to connect this way I'm so happy that you were able to share so much inspiration and advice to our listeners so thank you so much thank you for having me it's great you have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salabi. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.